This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This is Let's Drink Drink About It. It. You're listening to Let's Drink About It, a show where we proceed from the premise that every life event has a cocktail that can be paired with it perfectly. I'm your host, Benjamin R. Harrison. And I am your other host, Chris Bowman. And our lovely and talented guest is Sarah Benincasa, comedian, writer, uh... Gad about <laughs> host of things, host of things, occasional host uh, of a host of things, occasional <laughs> player of pretend in, yeah. in the acting sense, but usually a, a writer mostly. It's, it's hard to encapsulate all the things that you do. Yeah, I'm. Ha- it makes me really happy that that's true. Um, that's sort of how I, I wanted to run my life. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are wearing a TARDIS shirt. I am, and it says you never forget your first doctor. You're your big Doctor yeah. Who, Who fan. Which is your first doctor? My first doctor was Eccleston. I, I asked that question having no context for which doctor <laughs> is which. <laughs> so without going into a, a, an explanation that would be A, too boring and uninteresting <laughs> and in-depth for non-fans, and B, far too amateurish for the real fans. <laughs> I will say that they rebooted. So Doctor Who has been on the air for, for decades. Right, and they can't have the same the same yutz playing the Doctor. Right, <laughs> and, and so it's a wonderful trick of casting. Uh, it's a marvelous storytelling trick, too, for the screen that they um, that the Doctor regenerates. Yeah. And um, so you have many Doctors. And so... Uh, Sci-fi's great, isn't it? It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It. You can do amazing stuff with it. You can say things that you couldn't say otherwise yeah. um, because you can cloak it in the disguise of being fantasy. Right. It's about... It's about another planet, not right, ours. Not ours. This a- alien with a half black, half white face is not a metaphor for our society. What right. are you talking <laughs> about? That's crazy. So uh, they rebooted it. They, there, there were some gaps in pro, I guess, in, in the in the schedule <laughs> in terms of making it. And so they they did a modern reboot. Yeah. Starting in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. And uh, Christopher Eccleston, who's a great actor, was did one season. Nice. Apparently had a terrible time, but um, was really wonderful. He really played Doctor Who as as a as someone with PTSD, essentially from a Whoa. huge time huh. war. Wow. Dang. Um, well, so you also have a book that, like, I think that the release of this episode will pretty neatly coincide with the release of the book. Oh, is that it? Is so thrilling. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, next tues- week. Tuesday. Okay, so the book is out. It's been out for two days, if you're listening to this. The book's been out for two days. What the hell are you doing? You should drop the podcast. I know. Run over to your uh, local mom-and-pop bookstore. Yeah. Pick up up a copy of... It's DC Trip, correct? DC Trip is what it's called. Yeah. And so DC Trip came out... (laughs) <laughs> this is fun. DC Trip came out on... Hey, we're time traveling. I Here know. we go. <laughs> Amazing. Um, DC Trip came out on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2015. And this episode is being recorded yeah. slightly before. A day that will live in infamy. Um, oh, I mean, I hope, I hope so and not. I would say that there's genuine buzz about this book, though. I like, I see yeah. a lot of people tweeting about it. and. It's a it's a comedic memoir. Is that no? It's not actually. Um, my first book. This is my third book. My first book, Agora Fabulous, was a memoir that um, I'm now shopping around as a pilot. It's been at two networks in three years, wow. and it'll probably be at two more. Yeah. <laughs> before the year is out, but um, I'm working with uh, the executive producers are Diablo Cody and then Ben Stiller's Red Hour. Um, 
uh, mm. television division. Which Must is be great. nice. <laughs> yeah, really serious. <laughs> well, you know, even with those heavy hitters, right? Like that's yeah. the interesting thing about this this crazy industry is that totally. those big names, right? That, so you think like, oh, everything is fine. That's but not the guarantee that it used to be. Sometimes, you know, they are very, very enormously, hugely successful people, um, and their companies are successful, but they still, you know, sometimes that not everything they create gets purchased right. or it does. And then, you know, gets purchased and then the network shelves or something. Right, yeah. Exactly. And it hangs out for a while. So, so there's mm. that. The second was a novel called great, which is, is a young Dave Hill novel. doing something with red hour. He might be. I hope so. I can't remember. I'll have to listen Dave back Hill's, to that episode. Dave Hill is brilliant and great. Uh, yeah, so. he's a mm-hmm. friend of the show. Friend of the show, Dave Hill. Yeah, friend when, of friend of the the guest, Dave Hill. When Dave Hill comes on, it's let's drink milkshakes about it, though. Oh, and that's Cause beautiful. Because Dave, Dave Hill loves milkshakes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Dave Hill is wonderful. Yeah. I just like to watch him talk and exist in the world. It's not creepy. No, um, <laughs> not creepy at all. So my second book was called Great. It came out in 2014. It was a queer basically a teen lesbian Gatsby reboot. So it's Gatsby set in the Hamptons, modern times with teen girls instead of a girl and a dude. That sounds fun. It does sound fun. No no interest as yet it, it, from anyone <laughs> in producing that. <laughs> Nobody has optioned it or shown even the slightest amount of interest. Yeah, in it's weird how like we're evolving as a society on like marriage equality and stuff, but teens being sexual is still a hot potato oh absolutely like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we can't women can't have a sexuality like ladies wanting to have sexy times that's weird and not with a boy ew yeah. uh, however i can't blame it on that they may just not like the book <laughs> they may be like ah, i don't like it i you know i like the book it was the first novel i ever wrote so it's it's i can read it i don't reread stuff generally unless i have to but um uh now you know a year out from the release, I can say that that was me trying to learn the mechanics of writing a novel yeah. hmm. and succeeding and failing in different ways. But this <laughs> new one is called DC Trip, and DC Trip is a raucous novel about a yeah. uh, school teacher, Alicia Dietz, age 23, who has a huge crush on fellow high school teacher Brian Kenner, who does not give her the time of day. And um, through a series of events, she volunteers to be a chaperone on the sophomore class field trip. So it's also very much, the book is also very much about the three teen girls, um, Gertie, Sivan, and Rachel, who are best friends who are on this trip too. It's like dual storylines. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was a novel. I, I... I'm, I feel dumb, but I guess is it like semi-autobiographical or? Um, Ben just really wants it to be biographical. I know you're like, is this about your life? I'm like, no, not at all. Just very frustrated. Uh, I already now. Wrote, wrote one of those. <laughs> um, no, that was more fabulous. This, uh, you know, it has certain similar. I mean, I was at one point a high school teacher. I got yeah. my master's degree in um, education from Columbia. I did a year of the AmeriCorps program as a teacher. Were you 23 at the time? Uh, yeah, I was. Tw- well, I was 23 when I was teaching high school in the Southwest. And then I went to get my master's degree and, um, that was at Columbia. So I student taught at uh, a couple schools in the city, including, but not limited to Chelsea lab school and, uh, Bronx high school of science, which was awesome. Cool. I mean, seriously, you really are a doer, a doer of all things. Yeah. <laughs> like it's absolutely true. I mean, I was, I was just looking up some of your, your, um, your past work and I thought, you, you could take all of the boxes here. And, and, and I didn't know that you were a teacher, and that is one more box. Yeah, yeah thank you. Well, I, I, the, my first book, Agora Fabulous, is a lot about 
growing up with depression and anxiety and um, agoraphobia, panic attacks, mm-hmm. and you know, suicidal depression and, and fun things like that. So, um, I, I guess late motifs here on our podcast, actually. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I have battled our own demons. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it's Comes, not awesome, yeah. <laughs> but it's good to be among like yeah, fellow you're, travelers. You're, yeah, you're among yeah. friends. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. um, well, I. Uh, I talk a lot about that. I, I, I speak at, at schools, uh, colleges particularly, about suicide awareness and um, uh, depression and things like that. I'll actually be at the University of Connecticut on November something. Mm, go Huskies. Uh, talking about that. And, um, go Huskies. But yeah, so... Uh, hmm, ah, DC trip. Okay. So yeah, and I'm uh, adapting and I just handed in my screenplay outline last night. Nice. Like wow. It's my first screenplay. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, what do, what do you guys say? We get into the life events. Let's I say do yes. Let's do it. Chris, Ben. Our contest is over. It's over. Yeah, we didn't get to a hundred mm-hmm. in the uh, U.S. iTunes store, but I think I think we got a lot of new reviews and especially a lot of new international reviews. Yeah, thanks everybody, uh, and we really appreciate everybody yep. that uh, helped us out. And you can still uh, help us uh, grow the show by uh, going on your local iTunes and giving us a review. Uh, I. Uh, I guess uh, we haven't uh, we haven't devised what the recipe is going to be yet. I think we'll probably uh, call back in uh, next week with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, we do have a winner to announce, and that is iTunes user Emo Donovan. <laughs> uh, and this is in the U.S. store. Emo Donovan. Uh, Emo Donovan. Emo Donovan. He or she wrote, "You'll find the well mixed. Let's drink about it to be greater than the sum of its parts." Dry at the onset, the two hosts' spirits are teasingly sweet, one with a sophisticated tone and the other warmly earthy. Their deep flavors blend well with an adventurous mix of guests for garnish. Effervescent and bright, LDAI is soundly refreshing morning, noon, or night. Wow. Yeah. How sweet is that? That's very nice. Very, and, there, and you know honest, what? There was a bunch of really nice ones. Yeah. Like, reading through these was just like incredibly touching and meaningful in yeah. a way that I really didn't expect. Let me uh, let me tell you something. I I you sent me a couple of screen caps uh while I was at work work one night and I was having a really shitty night at work and I read those and I was like, "Man, that is it just turned my night around." And I you know, it's very kind of people to say and even though we asked for it, I mean, they were they were in fact very creative and uh and very well done. They're they're great and and uh Boy, we just feel so honored uh, to have fans that are as committed as as the ones we've got because mm-hmm. um, it uh, it really makes it feel like this is worth doing and uh, and uh, and uh, we we feel real lucky to have all of you. So uh, thanks again for everybody that participated. Thanks again, everybody. There's no reason to, to stop uh, right. leaving us reviews in the iTunes store. We really do find a lot of new listeners that way, and. Uh, and, think of uh, yeah. think of uh, think of LDAI as a virus and <laughs> let it spread everywhere. Let that shit spread. Yep. Let it take over. So let just it consume uh, all of your perfectly otherwise healthy cells and convert them into LDAI spreading factories. Just remember, sneeze into your sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> So my life event this week is 
being put in a super awkward position by a former employer. Hmm. And I need a drink for that. Uh, my, I guess my my really my only event for the last three weeks is the <laughs> fact that I've been fighting. I mean, we're going into four weeks, uh, fighting this cold slash flu, and uh, hopefully, I, I've got some sort of hot beverage coming my way for that. Okay, and I forget what I told you in the pre-interview, but what I am going to say is that I got uh, almost naked in front of a group of people <laughs> on purpose uh, for the first time. Um, I, uh, I shot a short film called The Focus Group that I wrote and acted in, and it was, in addition to being my first time actually on a film set of any kind, um, it was... Uh, it was my first time doing nudity on camera. I wow. Just my underpants. Sounds like wow. you need a drink for that. <laughs> I do need a drink for that. <laughs> Sarah, um, in honor of your, uh, your screen debut. <laughs> All right, yeah. It's coming out sometime early 2016 somewhere. Uh you're going to be drinking a cocktail called Naked and Famous. Nice. Uh, this is three quarter ounces of mezcal, three quarter ounces of Aperol, three quarter ounces of yellow chartreuse, three quarter ounces of lime juice. We're going to combine the ingredients in a shaker, add ice, shake until well chilled, strain into a chilled cocktail glass, and garnish with a lime wedge. That uh, sounds awesome. That's naked and famous. It's got citrus in it so yeah. that I won't die of scurvy, and I appreciate <laughs> that very much. Yeah, we, uh, we have your best interest at heart. Thank you. I don't know why, but I love equal parts cocktails. Yeah, it's fun yeah. when it works out like that, right? Yeah, yeah. The quality is really special yeah. on this uh, podcast. <laughs> Benjamin, you will be drinking something called the Cienfuegos Shake. Uh, it's six mint leaves, three-quarter ounce simple syrup, two ounces of aged rum, Half an ounce of Benedictine, one ounce of fresh lime juice, three dashes of Angostura bitters. Um, in a shaker, you're going to muddle the mint with the simple syrup, add the remaining ingredients, shake with ice to chill, and double strain into a chilled coupe. Cool. Um, yeah, with double straining, I don't know if we've ever gone into that. Uh, it's like you've got your strainer, which is mainly for keeping the ice out of the, out mm -hmm. of the coupe when you strain it. And then you'll see this in bars sometimes. They'll have like a fine mesh to catch the mint leaves so that you mm -hmm. don't have little like things that are going to get stuck on your teeth and make you look like a goon. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So, uh, so that's what, so that's what double strain means. Um, mm -hmm. you'll see that a lot with like egg based drinks cause you have to shake it so much with the ice that it breaks the ice up and you get little flecks. So, uh, a little cocktail tip there for you mm -hmm. on our cocktail show. Uh, Chris, you're going to be drinking a hot rum toddy. So you're going to do <laughs> a cup of hot water, the juice of half a lemon, some uh, fresh lemon zest, a pinch of freshly grated nutmeg, half of a cinnamon stick, a tablespoon of fresh ginger, peeled and sliced, uh, half a teaspoon of butter, two tablespoons of brown sugar, and an ounce of dark rum. So in a small pot over medium heat, place all the non-rum ingredients. Simmer for about five minutes in a large mug and pour about one to two fingers of the rum or one ounce if you are actually following the recipe uh pour the contents into a small pot through a strainer and into the mug uh serve hot Mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to it i kind of misread that but i think you get the gist <laughs> yeah well i i i kind of pre-made all this stuff anyway so yeah good uh, yep 
Yeah. We don't want to sit around waiting for you to heat all this crap yeah. up. No, no. Don't worry. All right. Uh, let's go make them. All right. Cheers. 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 Clink, clink. <laughs> We're sitting so far away, Sarah. I know. This smells really... I would like to state that my... What is mine called again? Naked uh, and naked Famous? Naked and Famous. So, in honor of your nudity and fame. Nudity and fame. <laughs> yeah, they just did... Um, I sent to you guys, uh, and it's out on the interwebs for the listeners. Um, we've had a bunch of press for the focus group already, but one of the... Uh, which is the title of the film. Mm-hmm. Yes, my short film, which is a comedy. And, and we should say, directed by a friend of the show and past guest, Heather Fink. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, which is, uh, which is really cool. My friend of many, many years. Yeah. I feel like, Sarah, there's a good chance that we've been at a Heather Fink house party before and not even known it. It's entirely possible, yeah. Yeah. I actually haven't been to a Heather Fink party house party in a while she used to she used to throw like roof parties back in the day that were she did. pretty legendary we uh we used to do like silly videos together and we just we both did started out in stand up and so yeah. um uh so that's you know how we got to know each other but i just i adore heather fink yeah heather fink directed it and um i think it's probably going to be we're figuring out how we want to distribute it but i think it'll probably be available to humanity uh, as a whole, uh, or at least uh, if you've got a pewter with the internet. Sure. Um, I, I'm hoping that we will have something for the world, you know, end of January, beginning of February. Cool. Just in time for Valentine's Day to teach you to love your body and really laugh. exciting. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the the article that you sent is, I think, Yahoo Health. Mm-hmm. Well, we can link to it in the show notes, but it's mm-hmm. about kind of how how challenging it is to be nude if you don't look exactly like everybody who's nude is supposed to look <laughs> yeah exactly uh, <laughs> um uh, uh, yeah and that's what it's about and it has two photographs this yahoo health article has two photographs um one is me all done up uh in finery in a kind of pinup uh sort yeah. of classic pinup uh situation and I'm I'm wearing clothes, but like showing a little leg, and I've got some. It's it's done by iconic pinups in L.A. Yeah, it's a, this is a man. There's really emergency I central know. outside a lot in Brooklyn of shit today. Going down in Brooklyn. Um, it's not usually this emergency ish over here, but uh, uh, yeah, it's like a it's a, a a sensual photo, I would say. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not totally what, erotic, but. Yeah, it's a sexy photo. Heads in that direction. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's a sexy photo showing some leg and, you know, being very pretty and stuff. And then there is this other photo which really contrasts with it, which is the image that you, you see of me in the focus group, which is like belly out, like wearing shitty pants, <laughs> uh, hair all fucked up. We had the makeup artist fuck up my hair and definitely do um, depression makeup, which was is fun to see. Um, she did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and it's gotta yeah. be fun as a makeup artist to like go in the opposite of the direction than yeah. you're used to going. Well, it was interesting also, um, even everyone on, you know, on set, like obviously understood what was going on and had read the script and understood the point of the project, which is the idea that what would happen if a woman focus grouped her own body. And, um, so, uh, but it was interesting. I had to emphasize to them just to be sure because they're so used to wanting to shoot people in a flattering way, particularly right. women, um, you know, hiding this and obscuring that. I said, you know, if I have, if I have like, you know, I'm going to be in my underwear. Um, if I have like 
razor bumps along my bikini line or if my belly flops out in a weird angle or if there are blemishes somewhere or there's a stray hair or whatever it is, um, don't fix it. Like keep it there. Right. And don't tile it out. <laughs> don't make it pretty. You know, don't don't stop. Like when we do yeah. when we do last looks before we shoot, like it's it's not to smooth out my hair or to make me look pretty. It's it's yeah. to, just to make sure I look like somebody who's fucked up and depressed. There was a uh I think it was I was watching the announcement of the new fifteen inch iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh and like they had somebody from Adobe come on and like show off the new uh photoshop for ipad and like all he showed was that you could take this picture of a model and fix the fact that she's not smiling (laughs) like like there's like a tool where you can select the mouth and like turn the corners up so that she's smiling weird picture and it just really like i feel like crystallized in my head how much adobe has done to make us not even know what women even look like yeah yeah it's very much like (laughs) hey girl like why you why aren't you smiling? Yeah, let's make that happen. Right, like every time you see an image of a woman, it's like like people have done a ton of work to mm-hmm. change what she looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Like any any image that you see of a woman um, that has been published online, and that includes her own Instagram, has been manipulated. <laughs> yeah. And if you're looking at a press photo, which is supposedly candid, right? Kim Kardashian on the red carpet. Right. Um. You're also looking at someone who's probably had airbrush makeup applied, who um, certainly has false lashes, who has f- probably fake nails, who has maybe a fake booty, um, yeah. you know, tits pushed up, like all this stuff, which is fucking fine, by the way. I think Kim Kardashian's a babe, and I, I appreciate that she and her family own their shit yeah. and make their own goddamn money. Um, but just understand what you're looking at. And so that's sort of the right. point of the two images that, that I guess Yahoo Health mm-hmm. you chose to use, which were one, which was just a little bit, you know, airbrushed here and there, but um, certainly a more idealized image than the right. reality of this candid shot of me, you know, standing on an ottoman and right. displaying myself for this focus group. But well, it's me, like, can, yeah, can, like, sorry. I just, I just wanted to ask, like, from the standpoint of someone who has suffered through anxiety and, and something like agoraphobia where you don't even want to leave your house because it's, you know, it's that, it's that terrifying. And now you're in a place where, I mean you've obviously challenged yourself. I mean, can you kind of like talk a little bit about like what, what it felt like when it, when the time came, you know, when you're standing there in front of this room full of strangers? Yeah. I had prepared myself on day one. It was a two day shoot. And day one, I spent a lot of time in my underwear (laughs) with, with a top on though. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the crew, it was like, for me, I know, I knew that I had shown these people my, my belly already (laughs) and my flat ass and they had seen any cellulite that's there. I don't actually know. Like, I'm not acutely conscious of my quote unquote problem areas because I just don't care. But like, <laughs> I do care how I look. I want to be pretty and sexy and all that stuff. But like, yeah. ultimately what I've found at, you know, at any weight that I am, whether I'm at my height and I've been in my life anywhere at this height from, you know, uh, 125 pounds to 100 and, and almost 80 pounds. And right now I'm rocking at like 170, let's say. Mm-hmm. So I'm like five foot two and three quarters. I have... 36 F tits, like for mm-hmm. those of you who need to picture this. Um, that's I'm, the first I'm time we've ever given out, given out cup size on this show. Yeah, so it's that's, very important. Well, I would I think mean, Dave Hill would do that. Sure. And I'm sad yeah. that he didn't. So basically, I, I'm, I'm like a size 12 to 14. Mm-hmm. And I am pretty, but not like like uh, supermodel pretty. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, to people who love me, I'm sure I'm like the hottest and most beautiful thing ever. To people who don't know me, you know, whatever. I don't know what they think. Mm-hmm. But um, the internet will tell you. But, uh, <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sure a lot of eggs will show up on Twitter oh, to tell sure. you all about oh, it. Oh, yeah. There's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing that some men on the internet hate more, and some women too, actually, than a woman who celebrates herself and does not apologize for taking up space. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I get that. Um, because they're insecure and they're unhappy. And, and also they've been, they've, they're not critical thinkers and they've been force fed a lot of shit in culture, i.e. Adobe making it possible to, for us to make everybody smile. Yeah. But the moment when I actually took my top, like my bra off, I had to, cause I had to physically undress in front of this focus group. Um, I guess there, there was certainly a moment of surprise or not surprise. There was just a moment of, Oh, okay. I did that. And then it, it soon afterwards, everybody, Nobody reacted like, whoa, you know, because I had talked to them ahead of time. And so had Heather about like, let's create a safe space on set and safer space. I feel like it's also like, I mean, it's a little bit like the first time you get naked with somebody else where it's like, uh, it feels like I cannot believe that these clothes are coming off and I'm going to present all this to this Hmm. other person. But then the second it's off, it's like. Great. Okay, <laughs> Let's keep yeah, going. This is exactly. happening. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really. Um, the, I mean, it's funny because that's an apt comparison, even though the experience is so devoid of sexuality or sensuality on yeah, set. Yeah. Right. Um, and it was. I mean, I have friends who work in adult film, who work in porn, who are naked all the time, <laughs> and <laughs> on set. And and for me, this was in a very different kind of situation, but but also similar because even though. I wasn't holding my, you know, my character's body is being held up for judgment, not for, um, not to be sensualized or sexualized or eroticized. It's, in fact, you know, she's, I'll see ultimately like, well, I haven't seen a rough cut yet. I should in the next like three weeks, I think we'll have one. But, um, like my character, you know, the idea is not that she's, the idea is not to sell her fuckability. And for my friends who are an adult, like the idea is always to sell their fuckability. Mm-hmm. But where it is similar is simply the act of taking off your clothes in front of strangers for the purpose of entertainment. Right. <laughs> and um, so it, you know, my, my cast was awesome and the crew was cool. And, and um, so I felt good. And, and then it very quickly became rote. You know, it became, it was still felt daring, but right. it, it wasn't this like big performative, like, hey, check this out. You know, it wasn't a sexy striptease. But showing, like, knowing that my belly was out there was scarier, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Because, like, when I, even when Heather Fink, director to the stars, um, <laughs> said, you know, do you want to see yourself on the monitor in this shot that where it was framed basically from, like, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, my just below my boobs on, on up, basically. So it was, um, you know... She, I was like, okay. And so she showed it to me and I was like, wow, my tits look great. Like, you know, it was sort of glowing and lovely. That wasn't the scary part. You know, yeah. guys wanted to look at my boobs since they appeared when I was eight. Like, <laughs> no, nobody's ever been like, I really want to see your belly. Yeah. Hmm. Which is, you know. Which your I mean, lack of a six pack. Right. Yeah. Just to go back to the Kardashian thing. I uh, had a conversation with a friend recently. He just got back from... Uh, trip to Amsterdam and was telling me about like seeing the the like pictures of of you know wealthy merchants from the 1700s or whatever in their in their art museums and you know they're like putting all their finest clothes on and all their gold chairs and everything (laughs) and uh 
We were talking about how that's like a lot like the kind of aspirational selfie that that Kim Kardashian is so famous for. Like, yeah. like look at all this fancy shit I have hmm. kind of uh, thing. And I think that like we're all kind of doing that to some extent. And it's sort of like a human tradition in a weird way. But it, like everybody talks about selfies as though they're like the newest the newest hottest thing and like to kind of explode that uh expectation that we're always going to be presenting our richest most yeah. uh most beautiful selves on screen is kind of a cool hmm. uh undermining of that yeah like and fucking Bolin wasn't like okay now that i've schemed and fucked my way into this role um <laughs> nobody take pictures of me yeah. are you kidding if she was here today it would be all about that i mean these people had to do so much more than just click a button right they had to sit for hours and hours and pay so much yeah, the money fly guy in from rotterdam exactly like this was huge <laughs> and so you know selfies are not a new thing and i find it so boring when people are like oh girls who take too many selfies fuck you yeah. it's a hot chick she gets to do what the fuck she wants with it you're gonna jerk off to it anyway so fuck yourself <laughs> uh well how is the naked speaking of jerking off how is the naked and famous uh treating you um oh did you jerk off into the naked and famous is that uh what you're saying? Not yours, but I. Oh. But you've not mine specifically. It's not a, not a garnish that I would uh, inflict upon a guest. Right, right. No, but you do. You did that for yourself, and I think that's <laughs> oh, yes, fine. Yes. That was quick. Um, I have a really, uh, really vile, uh, autoerotic cocktail I have, I have, habit. I really, am, I'm, I'm really desperate to say something here, but I have no idea what to say. <laughs> no, we went to a dark place, you know. But it's all right. This is truth. We're sharing our truth. Absolutely. Um, cocktail thumbs good. up. Cocktail's great. It has, um, it's tangy. Yeah. It's got sweetness to it. It has almost a little bit, a little hint of smokiness there. Too. Yeah, that's coming from the mezcal. It's lovely. And that's a I used uh, Del Magüe Vita mezcal, which is not the smokiest in the world, but you're going to get a little smoke off that. Yeah, it was I think great. that comes from when they like. I think they char the piñas before they mezcal them up. Hmm. <laughs> mezcal that's, that I think ass. that's the technical term for yeah, mezcal. Absolutely. Uh, Yours right now looks like a little tropical. Yeah. It, it, like this is a little lovely. vacation in a glass. Mm -hmm. And I need it, let me tell you. because. <laughs> so I uh, have had a bit of a rough summer in terms of gigging. As uh, people know, I'm mostly a freelance filmmaker and... I make most of my living off of doing short-term jobs for various clients. And uh, between the wedding and the honeymoon, and I had to turn down a couple of big jobs and didn't get a couple because they were incompatible with my schedule. And I've been a little hard up. And I took a, an editing job with a, a startup, like a technology startup, and they wanted me to like edit a bunch of video for them and make a uh, a promo promo piece, I guess, for their company. And um, I had like meetings with them, set it all up, and uh, stupidly didn't send them a contract to sign. <laughs> but I uh, I got to the Monday where the job was supposed to start, and I like sat down in the edit bay and started working. Uh, the edit bay being my apartment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, like I've gotten about as far as I can without them sending me all the footage that they're supposed to send me to edit. And I start calling and I, I, I called the company and I was like, hey, like I'm, you know, I'm on the clock now. Like what's going on? And they're like, oh, like, wait, what are you talking about? And I was like, we agreed that we were going to start today. Are we not starting today? And they're like, well, yeah, but like, uh, 
all right, well, fine. We'll find the footage. And then they didn't find the footage, didn't find the footage, called me back like two hours later and said, we got to scrub the mission, cancel the job. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> this is like supposed to be three days of work for me. So you need to pay me something for the fact that I like wow. blocked off the time and, you know, and I've been sitting here working like I've already done a bunch of work mm -hmm. and you know, it's no good to anybody, but like there's something called the kill fee and, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you need, you need to pay me one. And um, so they agreed to that and I sent them an invoice and then like two months go by and I was like, Hey, whatever happened to that check? Mm -hmm. And so I emailed the, the, person at the company who's who was like the project manager and i said like hey this check hasn't shown up i'm not sure if it got lost in the mail or what but um it's not uh here and it's like way past due just checking in and she goes oh you know like they actually didn't approve the the fee uh the people above me so i'm gonna have to pay it myself out of my own pocket uh what? how do i do that good fucking do it and yeah, like, I mean, I, I went ahead and had her pay me, but it was also, it was also just like the weirdest, like, oh, that sucks. God, like I, you know, like not really her fault. It's like the stupid people who are her bosses that did, you know, that a fucked up the job in the first place and B decided not to like do the right thing by her and me. But like, I was dealing with the fact that she was getting left holding the bag that's this. not your problem. It's not really my problem, but it I was mean, like, oh, so awkward. Ultimately, like, it is your fault that you didn't do a contract. Like, that's just yeah. shitty, and you know that, and I don't need to rub that in. I'm just pointing that out because it's fun. I'm getting but better <laughs> at, uh, at remembering to do that. I do that shit, too. I've done that fucking shit before. I'm waiting on some checks right now where yeah. I'm like, where the fuck is it? But it is not your problem. Beyond that, yeah. once they agree to pay you and you have that in writing... You're good to go. And you have that via email, I'm sure. Via yeah, something. I mean, it was in the yeah, it was in the invoice and everything. So, so. that's great. Um, you know, it's her fault. It's not your mm -hmm. problem. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Man, yeah. I, I, but I have... uh, it, it felt awkward. I, I really internalize all these things. And, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I've, I've never quite been on the other side of it. But when I'm, whenever it's like, you know, I know that this person is supposed to get paid. And, like, I'm still waiting on the check that I need to pay them with. And so... I don't know like how to convince them that I'm like doing everything in my power to pay them as soon as I can. It just, it feels awful. And I felt bad for her and I, you know, well, you're a good human being clearly. And it also triggered some issues that you've dealt with. So yeah. you were kind of probably projecting a little bit onto her empathizing with totally. her. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, and this is business, so I shouldn't empathize with anybody. Yeah. And also, she didn't need to tell you she'd pay it out of her own pocket. It's not your fucking problem. That was yeah. a And that was the waste. weird part. Yeah, that was her Street. trying to make you feel bad and say, no, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Calling your bluff. And if I had, if I wasn't more desperate, I, I may have fallen for it and just been like, all right, forget it. You know? <laughs> then you're like, well, give me my money. Yeah. I, I once uh, did some work. Uh, I'd written a, a, like an MO for a, a, a local record label that's still in operation you know, they were, they needed to, they were pitching for a, a grant, like a government grant. Yeah. And uh, sat down with the two <laughs> label something heads. something in Canada. Oh, sub pop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sat down with a couple, like the two label heads, interviewed them, you know, got a sense of where they came from, where they are, their vision yeah. of the future, wrote this thing, you know, a couple drafts, took fucking time out of my life. And, and then they said, okay, well, what's, what's your fee? And then my mistake is because... Uh, knowing these people, I said, listen, why don't we just wait until you get the approval or denial of the grant and then right. we'll, we'll go from there. 
you know, fast forward a year, I said, listen, whatever happened? It's like, well, you know what? Uh, we did get the grant, but we never actually used the, yeah. your, your work. And I, and I was like, well, first of all, you're, you're also an artist. You know how this works. Like you get paid for what you do, not like if it gets used or not. Right. Right. And I mean, it really, to this day, it just, it, you know, guys, it really burns my toast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, it really does. It makes me, it makes me, it makes me that angry. That is a delightful because, expression. Yeah. Wh- it, where in Canada are you, by the way? I'm in Toronto. I love Toronto. I am a big fan of Toronto. Do you get um, up here often? Do you even say it right without the uh, yes, without I do. the second T? Yeah, I have a I have family in Toronto. Oh no way! So, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my aunt used to teach at uh, University of Toronto for mm, many I've years. Never heard of it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that the Cien Fuegos Shake, the cocktail that you prescribed me, Chris, is great. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, flavor-wise, of the Working Man that uh, <laughs> that uh, industry sour, sour tiki riff that we uh, right yep. did uh, all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the. I think it was was it Reddit user Sugar Cheese that, that made that up. <laughs> You'd know better than me. Yeah. Yeah. Are Are you guys both Canadian, by the way? No, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, red-blooded american actually oh good like so you're it's okay for you to exist in the world mm-hmm. oh great okay good i don't apologize for anything <laughs> yeah where did you grow up uh, i grew up in the bay area oakland california oh okay cool yeah. um so and and then chris you grew up in toronto just outside of yeah about uh just just uh, 45 minutes away yeah the lady knows her toronto Look. you might as well say the town chris little town called burlington ontario it's uh <laughs> Also been dubbed Borington on Terrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, gosh, where did this happen? It wasn't Kitchener. Um, shit, I forget. But my, uh, I have some uh, alleged family members who are famous for uh, getting uh, murdered in the 19th century what? In, in rural Toronto. Yeah, my, wow. my real last name is Donnelly. And so the, Whoa, I don't know if you've heard the of Black the Donnelly's. Black Donnelly's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your family is part of the Black Donnelly's? Allegedly, man. I mean, I haven't done the science, but holy <laughs> shit, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We should have had you on for our Halloween episode. We, we blew it. Damn. We blew it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's not how my uh, my current family got got up to to Canada, but yeah. Uh, wow. Ale- allegedly, um, yeah. that is a thing. Yeah. I re- the so the Black Donnellys were are this sort of legendary family that was the source of various lore and hauntings they were apparently yeah. just terrible irish people the who worst. then were just murdered by a mob i mean such a redundant phrase terrible irish, terrible people. irish oh, people there is uh there is a show i think it's uh, probably canadian produced so mm, i don't want to shit too much on canadian uh entertainment but uh maybe not worth watching but it's called the black donnelly's and it's like the story of that the whole the whole uh the 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 story behind it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, unless it stars Megan Follows, not interested. <laughs> we'll only watch that. I my dream. I just constantly will pitch people on on Twitter, like soft pitch people shit, like, <laughs> like soft pitch. I'll just like find a random CBC producer and be like, hey, soft pitch. Uh, it's a show, and I go to Canada. And uh, I just hang out and, and like find out, you know, stuff that's Canadian. And that's basic, like, that's basically way. my dream show. Yeah, it's my I dream think, show. It really is my dream show. I, I talked to my agent about it. He was like, um, you'd have to get like a Canadian. Like, yeah. no, here's, like, the, here's what you have to do. You have to wait till uh, that gets approved on some American network uh, and then it gets made and then pitch it as the 
Canadian, the Canadian equivalent, Canadian. and then they'll go for it. Yeah, they'll go for well, it. Well, Canada had Dragon's Den before we had Shark Tank. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but then it came from the UK, I think, or somewhere in from Europe. From whence all good things come, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't watched the UK version. They've got, yeah, there's a Dutch for It might have come from the Dutch. I mean, so I wait, is, is Shark Tank different than Dragon's Den? Shark Tank Shark is Tank the American is, is version the American of Dragon's Den. Okay, okay. Dragon. Right. And it's got two of the same cast members. Oh, really? Yeah. Kevin O'Leary, Kevin is, O'Leary. is on... You know what? Yeah. Kevin O'Leary, like, I'm so happy that he does not live in this country anymore. Maybe he does part-time, <laughs> but that guy is the biggest shit heel. He, he is like, oh, my God, I can't... I've learned so much about business from him, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a hell of I've a businessman. I've learned man. so much about licensing deals from Mr. watching him Wonderful. on television. And then uh, Herzevec. And interest, he's, he's adorable. Herzevec is the really nice one on the American one. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the mean ones He's on the Canadian one. He's a cunt on the Canadian one. That's so funny. Everybody is so nice, and like only him and O'Leary are are harsh. I feel like in Canada, the Canadian one, it's like Anne Murray. Yeah. And like <laughs> maybe like a CBC executive, whoever I, owns yeah. Tim Hortons, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, Robert Herzog, and then like occasionally just Drake shows up. I think yeah. I think it's like. The Canadian version, you know, if, if they wanted to add a little bit of uh, Canadiana, it would just basically be approving everyone's, oh, that's a really good idea. Oh, eh? that's swell. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. And then I, uh, s- I will <laughs> say that there's a lot, a lot more outre uses of hair dye on the, uh, on the Canadian uh, really? sharks. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, like, like uh, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, the women will have like a, a very like, aggressive streak of blonde in there oh, otherwise yes, red yes, hair yes. and the dudes will have you know a lot of grecian formula on the dudes yes. <laughs> well there's the one the one dragon i forget what her name is but she's um she had like dyed red hair and then that yeah that really bright yeah she's like streak. rogue from the x-men yeah she yeah it looked like uh she worked in a hair salon <laughs> yeah and it's yeah. like it's like how do you make like 60 million dollars a year or whatever you need to make to be on this show well, i think it just and <laughs> and make that hair decision i think it just goes to show it doesn't fucking matter as long as you know what you're doing yeah. right it's like i look. mean like i kind of understand wild hair choices in rich dudes more because i don't think that people like confront dudes with what they look like as often mm. like donald trump has sort of made a cottage industry of people making fun of his hair right like he's he's like leaned in <laughs> in a weird way yeah but like you know I don't think that like uh, Sheldon Adelson is is uh, I don't think a lot of people are going like, hey, Sheldon, like you're not fooling anybody with the uh, shoe polish that you rub into your scalp. (laughs) Oh, God. Which uh, I would love to, you know, if I just saw him on the street. Hey, Sheldon, like go fuck yourself. Also, the hair is a is a joke. Everybody thinks it's a joke. You're a bigger joke than Trump. I didn't know who Sheldon Adelson was until um, I did an audition where I had to like do jokes about him oh really yeah it was, a, it was for the daily show one of the many times one of the like five times i've auditioned and not gotten that gig which is sort of like a rite of passage yeah for um for a certain type of lady performer in new york city they'll just you know every year every couple years they'll be like all right gals yeah Come on in. And We're going to make another half-hearted attempt to... Do your thing. And the, Actually, the last time I did it, I got called in. For, or I didn't get called in. Um, it was just to submit on tape. I was in Toronto on tour. I was doing Comedy Bar. Oh, yeah. And I did um, 
a book event for great my queer teen YA at a Glad Day Bookshop, which is the oldest queer bookstore in North America, which is in Whoa. Toronto. And it was great. Both both events were really fun. But I had to put myself on tape. So generally what you do is you go, and I know you guys probably know this, but um, everyone wouldn't know this. I didn't know this before I got in this game. Usually <laughs> you go to a place, like in New York, I always use Skytown Entertainment. They're in LA too, but there's different places. You go and there's a reader who reads your you know sides, the script to you. Right. And you sit on camera and you do your thing. And then they cut it up nicely, send it to you, and then you send it in or your agent sends it in. And so uh, I needed to do that in Toronto. And so I went to this place that was great. And it was also at this place. I forget what it was called, but it was great. And um, also (laughs) in this place, they had all these different studios. And they also had rehearsal rooms and things. And they also would hold auditions there. So they were holding auditions for an episode of Degrassi. And I was (laughs) like losing my shit excited. (laughs) I was like running around being like, are you auditioning for Degrassi? And everyone was like, um, no, please. I don't, I, I, you know, I mean, we all watched Degrassi growing up. Obviously, you know, it's just one of those Canadian youth staples. But when we found out that, uh, and I think probably the first time I ever heard that Degrassi made any kind of an impact south of the border was, uh, you know, through Kevin Smith movies. You know mm-hmm. what he, yeah, he kind he of loves Canada. Kevin loves Canada. So yeah. Much. And, and so I, I and then you just get to hear people talking about Degrassi and it's like, what? I don't you know. I don't <laughs> understand. Like, I don't know. I guess I it's the same thing that appealed to us. It's just kids talking about, you know, real shit. But Spike uh, having a baby. Yeah. Shit's yeah. Yeah. Real. You know, it's funny. I went to um, <clears throat> I'm going to obviously everyone knows how old I am here, but uh, age myself a little more. I went to the first Lollapalooza. Here in, in I Toronto. love that you called it Lola Palooza and not Lala Palooza. Lola, yeah, well, Canadian of you. Yeah, well, you know, I just I can only run so far, you know. Now, but, now the history of of the word Lala Palooza is that it was a shibboleth used by the Marines in the Pacific campaign of World War II because Japanese soldiers, even if they could speak English, would not be able to pronounce it correctly. Is that and, seriously what it is? And so, that's if, so if somebody racist. was approaching at night, they would ask, they would but shout also that accurate. out. <laughs> right, they would shout that out, and and. If, if it didn't come back right, they would, uh, you know. No way. Are you serious? That's where Are it comes from. Serious? How is this? Now we've found out that Canadians tongue. can't even pronounce Canadians it correctly. Can't. Nobody can it's say a different, it. It's a different word a in Canada. A lot of Canadians got shot. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lulapalooza, fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Oh, okay, okay, so listen. Yes. So, you know, I just, don't know how many Canadians were in the island hopping. I don't know who that was. There was an imposter in the room, but I was at Lollapalooza, right? So I'm at the first Lollapalooza. Chilling with Perry barrel yeah and uh and i swear to god i was surrounded wherever i was sitting i had um like all sides of me i had people from degrassi you know wow. and I, I think at this point That's degrassi so had finished but you know spike was there uh, yeah. uh snake was there and like i see snake sort of semi-regularly at my bar <laughs> because uh yeah and it's just like it's all i can do to not be like Hey man, how's it going? Like, you know, just like, just eagerly, <laughs> you know, just giddily, you know, say hello. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, uh, it, it kind of escapes me as to why it was so popular, but you know. it, well, you know, it was what we had, it, you know, true. Nickelodeon or whoever sure. ran it too. And when, so they didn't have to pay for other programming. It was super cheap <laughs> to get Canadian programming. Yeah. They're like, we'll just throw this on my dream. Lola Palooza mm-hmm. would be me, and then Alanis is performing. But then I am surrounded by the following people: a 
the guy who played the mannequin on today's special yes jeffrey the lady who played the lady on today's special c the entire cast of you can't do that on television wow yeah and at some point what about the the puppet mouse from today's special no no it's there too it's there too um christine from uh you can't do that on television who's constantly (laughs) fat shamed just beats the shit out of alistair i i loved christine she was the host like one of the main girls right they were always like you're fat and she was like what no that was like a big joke Whoa, I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, can't do that on TV anymore. You can't do that on television. Unless you're like um, I love that O'Reilly. show. Yeah, then it's totally fine. Yeah, have fun. And then like also the cast of Little Mosque on the Prairie for no reason. They're just there too. <laughs> oh cool. man. Just for fun. And yeah. we only listen. We do, You know who's not allowed to play? Oh, what is that Canadian band that I cannot fucking stand? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> uh, who are they? Wait, thinking. Who's famous? And isn't Anne Murray or Alanis or Sarah McLaughlin or... Mm. Or Nickelback. Or Nickelback or Avril. Sum 41. Or Sum 41. Um, they're really annoying. You guys probably think they're great. <laughs> most, most dudes think they're great. Uh, they're like, like smart dudes. They're like, oh, I love them. They're so funny. Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to think of who it is. If you know... Bare Naked yeah. Ladies... Yes, fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. So yeah. they're not allowed to play at Lola Palooza in yeah. my head. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Lola Palooza well, is the Canadian offshoot, and I think uh, they're probably going to be at, at a funeral laughing, you know. Some, Sarah, some next time you're up here, let's uh, let's get together and make this happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm let's glad, play it. I'm glad that you ladders, told us, dude. I'm yeah, glad that you told us what your ideal Lola Palooza would be, because I was about to ask you, but you just. <laughs> you, you knew you anticipated I just that really took over the whole situation have, with my energy you have the skills of a gifted improviser thanks i used to be in radio <laughs> i was i hosted a show on i hosted and produced a show on sirius xm yeah it's a terrible place to work don't work there uh our friend oh, jesse no. thorne uh i think like had an internship there before he started his maximumfun.org empire he's in a vastly better place yeah. the place is a fucking nightmare <laughs> yeah uh, he had some funny stories anyways. I'm sure he did. There is no bigger douche in this world than a dedicated career radio DJ. <laughs> the, you know, they all want to be stern. They're never going to be stern. Right. Yeah. It's a horrifying place yeah. to work. Yeah. And they've incorporated a lot of, like, like they've missed, they've not learned the correct lessons from Howard Stern. No, which is they're great like, storytelling, great interviewing. Right. Like they're like, uh, like let's get some topless chicks in here on the radio. Like, yeah, right, right. That is their understanding of how good radio is made. I'm so can't. excited to give away those tickets to Nickelback to the fifteenth <laughs> caller. <laughs> I can't, okay. I can't imagine, you know, being on air for let's say two hours. What's a Howard Stern show? Three hours. He's he's, he's three or four. Yeah. So my show was three hours a night. That oh, is wow. In, wow. insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be talking for. Three I mean, hours I'm already bored day. and like we're not even an hour in. Listen, listen, like, I mean, I, I have to talk once a week for less than an hour. And, and this week I've come up with being sick. <laughs> like, like, give me a break. You know, I mean, we've had two great stories and we've saved the fucking most snoozy for last. So, uh, well, let's let's uh, let's get through it then, Chris. Yeah, let's we hear got, from we the got a listener request Canadian. to get to. Yeah. So listen, real quick. I mean, it's that time of year. I mean, as listeners uh, can tell, I've been fighting this for a couple of weeks, and um, <laughs> I edited a lot of Chris's coughs out of last show, and I just <laughs> I saved them and played them at the end of the show. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it was a really smart move, and I'm really sorry that you had to do that because that's got to be annoying. Uh, I will. I will put this in perspective. Those all of the coughs from before we made the drinks. So the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the show, not the bulk of the show. God, that's intense, dude. Wow. But also beautiful that you're that committed to the craft. Well, yeah, I edited the times I say like out and saved them for the end one time. And it was just, (laughs) it was like three and a half minutes of like, 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 like. I really enjoy editing out like breaths. (laughs) I used to do that a lot. Just extra breaths and promos. Anyway, you're sick. It's Are you on the mend though, Chris? Is this hot toddy helping you? It's fucking hard to tell. Well, the hot toddy's long gone. I mean, I had to drink it while it was hot. So pounded it. Yeah, I pounded, I pounded it. Um, And it is by far the best hot toddy. I mean, I think all the difference in the world is that half teaspoon of butter, mm. you know, mm. I mean, it really smooths it out. Um, That's good times. And I upped the booze because I mean, come on, an ounce, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, um, dude. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it was one of those things where you're fighting a cough for a couple of weeks and then, you know, uh, the, the, the sniffles, shall we call them, arrive and a couple of days, you know, you're dealing with that and then... Yeah, the, the, and you're like, am I like a different? If I if I've been sick with the, the one thing the whole time, or is is it? <laughs> I got I was immunocompromised, and so the one thing led to another thing, or what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, well, and normally I don't, you know, I get I get a head cold, and then it moves to my chest, and you know, like I'm gonna obviously spare all the fucking boring details of being sick, but I felt, you know, middle of the week uh, last week, I just felt, oh, I think I'm better, and then the next day. <laughs> everything everything hell so fell apart like, yeah it was fever it was all of it and i mean Jeez. it hit on a day when i've been waiting to see this band a uk band called the cheetahs for a couple of years you know cheetah and girls cheetah girls from disney from the <laughs> mid-aughts no okay cool. no no i mean that would be weird that would be <laughs> way more better story a much better story way more better does that make sense mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. second trunk but uh <laughs> i was really bummed out i really tried to push it to go and i'm like this is just stupid i mean i'd be standing there shivering and sweating you know yeah not even enjoying myself so i just you know i had to call it but um yeah so we're in four weeks now we're in the fourth week i think it is oh no Jeez, have you Chris. not gone to your free or subsidized canadian health service no, or I've whatever gone, i've gone to my uh local drugstore and bought cold flu medicine that makes me get through the day and then at night I drink uh you know whatever it is is going to put me to sleep a hot drink that puts me to sleep and you yeah. haven't gone to the doctor no I never take medicine and I had a cold recently and I took NyQuil and I was like holy shit medicine is amazing no it's oh, it's yeah. I usually because I am uh somewhat of a masochist I suffer as much as I can through a cold I don't, yeah. don't want to take it and then uh a friend of mine suggested uh whatever brand uh daytime like non-drowsy cold and flu and she said oh yeah i take that when i've got a fever and i just go right to work and i'm fine so i did it and uh, sure enough i mean you know you 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 can kind of at least halfway enjoy it your day rather than lay on the on your back on the couch you know or in bed all day uh so who knew i mean medicine works Shit works. But you're basically putting a Band-Aid over a festering wound that's been festering sure. for four weeks. And you've been, like, putting the Band-Aid on again. Like, new Band-Aids, sure, yeah. which is great. But you haven't been cleaning the wound or figuring totally. out, like, why you got the wound. Yeah. So maybe it's time to just deal with the fact that you're a cutter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think you're digging into some territory here. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't go know. Go to the doctor. I think, I think uh, yeah. But the, then you go to the doctor and they just tell you, yeah, it's... Uh, well, you know, pass. 
Yeah, well, they tell you not to come in unless it's an emergency because the, the at this time of year, the waiting room is full of people just giving shit to yeah. each other, you know? <laughs> so. Go to some hippie-ass acupuncturist or go to some fucking, like, naturopathic bullshit doctor. Like, I need you to go to a doctor of some kind. Yeah, well, this is true. I mean, Bullshit look, I, or not, some look, kind of doctor. Go to some fucking Reiki asshole who's like... This a Reiki was in, asshole. Yeah, who will do Reiki on your asshole. Yeah. He'll be like, this is an ancient spiritual gift that P.S. was, quote-unquote, discovered in 1922 right. by a charlatan and uh, then marketed to dumb people. We're, yeah. we're going to have Carrie Poppy on at some point in the future. She's already said yes. Uh, and she was recently given Reiki power. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> so for I was her show, once Oh No, Ross time. and Carrie. So, you know, maybe that maybe that's when you get better, Chris. It's Finally. So yeah. I love pseudoscience a lot. Yeah. Have you heard that podcast, Oh No, Ross and Carrie? No, I never have. It's great. They like... They'll like join a religion for a little while and like they've done a bunch of that, but they've also like gotten Reiki and like learned all these like faith healing techniques and stuff and and gone ghost hunting and it's uh, like they're like totally going undercover in like, like they've gone undercover in Scientology and stuff. That's fun. Yeah. It's good times. Um, Anyway, I just want to apologize. I just want to apologize for my... uh, my lackadaisical event this week and you know i probably have a few to apologize for but you apologize for being sick is that the most canadian thing you've done no (laughs) well no the apology i understand but uh, you know who needs to talk about it i mean seriously you know like i i am i think i am one of those guys like most guys get pegged with being like big babies when they're sick but uh I am one of those guys who's like, well, I just like recoil, you know, I just go into a yeah. corner, just leave me alone, you know, like I just want to get over it. But now here I am talking about it. So yeah, uh, maybe it is the most Canadian thing I've ever done. Um, can I tell you that I saw a Canadian standoff once and it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen? Oh my God. People apologizing to each other. Let me set the stage. <laughs> uh, I'm in some fucking hipster coffee shop in Toronto in some area that uh-huh. w- was probably up and coming five years ago and yep. now is still up and coming, but only to rich people. Like <laughs> yeah. it's over to other people. Anyway, so I'm there chilling out. I forget what the coffee shop was. Lovely place. And uh, so this dude comes in and the coffee shop is playing you know, uh, they're playing, of course, they're playing a fucking record player because of course they fucking are. Of course yeah. they are. And they're playing vinyl. Great. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite good. And so this <laughs> dude rolls in and he, uh, yeah, has, make fun all you want. He it's has probably a, great. He has a laptop and he starts playing CBC radio, uh, on the laptop. Over and the music? No headphones. What? So That's he's, pretty brazen. he's being a piece of shit, right? And yeah. everybody knows it. Yeah. So, uh, the so I witnessed a Canadian standoff, which is I've decided is what followed. Um, the people in the coffee shop, rather than telling him to fuck off or just being like, "Sir, you're gonna need to use headphones," in a polite way, um, just turn up the record. Player. Oh my god, that's that's my move. That's so my then fucking move. He turns up the CBC. Radio. Yes. They go back and forth like this for a while until finally they switch their record, and I don't know. What the th- I forget who what, who was originally playing, but it was some sort of like, I don't know, it was probably the Garden State soundtrack. And then they, <laughs> they switch it to Crosby, Stills, and Nash doing Southern Cross. Not Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, but Crosby, Stills, Nash doing Southern Cross, which really fun song. Um, not really like a hard rocking power ballad no. or something, but like, you know, it was fun. And they just keep doing it back and forth and i'm like sitting there oh going, holy shit what the fuck and meanwhile i'm listening to devo on my <laughs> um my uh my own headphones but I, you know it's drowning them out like this battle is drowning them out and so finally 
the guy just sighs and closes his laptop and leaves. And that's when I realized that a Canadian standoff is when two parties are very, very, very angry at each other. But um, what they do is they just passive aggressively do something and smile at each other until one of them just stops. Breaks, yeah. And well, that's how it's resolved. We, when I, I used to work, uh, I used to manage a record store for years and, you know, we'd get, you know, the cell phone users that would come in and uh, uh, speak, like talk, like business talk over the music that we're playing. And I'm like, no, I'm not having it. Not like, this is not the environment <laughs> for that. So like immediately just go over and, and not just like, you know, up a little. It's like drown them out. Like I mean, make it un- <laughs> make it uncomfortable for everyone. You know, and take just it turn- to eleven. Yeah, I love that. And uh, yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it's the worst. Passive aggressiveness is the worst. It's no, but so- it's also great. It's I don't like know. Something I-, I love about. Yeah, about- embrace it, Chris. Embrace I love it, it about Canada because there's you know coming from New Jersey originally and then New York people are so forthright and in your face and blunt and it's really kind of delightful to go to a place where people don't do that but of course but, it's very um, what would you rather though what would you like isn't it I'd better I'd rather the forthrightness yeah you know, of I course. do think That's it's more I'm... it's the quickest point from A to B as exactly. the flies like let's stop faffing around here with this like out <laughs> Fucking passively aggressive. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone in New York has ever faffed. I've yeah. fapped so many times. <laughs> I've well, never fapped. Uh, hashtag no yeah. faff. Filled hashtag out the fafsa. Yeah. Um, well, here is a question. Have you found that people from sort of places with a more direct, blunt culture often mistake passive aggression for niceness? Because, I grew up in Northern California where we have blunt culture, but that's a different... Yeah, era. it's a totally different thing. I feel like Northern California has some things in common with Toronto. Like yeah. certain aspects of Toronto, culturally speaking. That that feels about right to me. Um, maybe well, that's just because I have cousins in both places. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... I think it's uh, yeah, culturally, you guys both have my cousins yeah, in you. Yeah, you both have my cousins contributing to you. Well, enough, enough Canada talk, guys. Um, <laughs> I think we have a listener request. Oh. So we should move on to the next segment. Okay. Here it is right now. Hello, gentlemen. You might recognize this voice because I sound exactly like my sister, Lizzie Bartelt. But this is not hey. Lizzie Bartelt. Hey. This is Emily Bartelt, the better Bartelt sister. Whoa. Um, anyways, Shots fired. I have Hamilton. an event coming up. Play. I will be turning 29 on Halloween, the spookiest birthday. Um, so I was hoping you guys could give me a cocktail to enjoy for my 29th birthday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dang. I, I wow. have one. What is it? Uh, oh, you have a cocktail? Yeah, I have a cocktail. Oh, great. This never happens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think what, you know, ideally what she should do is just take um, all of her self-worth as a woman and pour it into a toilet and then flush it and then cry and stick out her tongue and let the tears fall on her tongue. Wow. Hope because her worth is, is over once she's... Um, out of her 20s. No, this is a position I would never have expected you specifically to take because I feel like you're so kind of pro woman and pro empowerment. Oh, no, I actually and... hate women. That's yeah. interesting <laughs> really? about me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so I like I kind of assumed when we were talking about like body image and stuff before you were no, saying No, 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 fuck that. You're making a movie that's like <laughs> about self-empowerment, but you're saying you're making a movie about like women should feel really bad about themselves. Ultimately like I hate women uh. and you know I'm just kind of a guys girl, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm oh, just like yeah. really I just think guys I just relate to more like yeah. not at all because of my deep So much less bull- 
bullshit. Mommy issues and the fact that I just want to like fuck dudes to get <laughs> approval from them because mm. my father never loved me. I'm one of those girls, you know? Yeah. You They're know fun. For the, well, our, for the our second show, time. Our show has tr- typically been pretty women friendly, but you've, not you've really persuaded not us. Not anymore. To, I think, yeah. Well, for the second time this episode, my Canadian sensibilities wants to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or, or, you know, at least go back to, uh, I mean, please. Emily, you know, let's go with, let's do a little A-B comparison. Go with Sarah's suggestion. Mm-hmm. See Tears. how that works. Tears. Um, Just yeah, stirred, yeah. stirred with ice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're probably going to be cold to begin with, right? Oh, yeah. Cold, like, you know, cold and Frigid. dusty. I mean, you're, you're basically, you're going you're gonna to rinse the glass with the remnants of whatever's in the toilet bowl after flushing your self-worth and then cry into your glass, I suppose. Um, yeah. Or you could just do shots, babe. It's awesome. Your 30s are so much fucking better than your 20s. It's and true. You know you're not going to be in your 20s it's yet. True. Or your 30s yet. You're 29. <laughs> like, as a chick, your 30s rule. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know for different reasons, but, you know, uh, speaking from the point of uh, an anxious nail biter, uh, 30s were so much better than my 20s, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You just uh, chill out. Your 30s really, like, you know how you feel about high school days in your 20s? Mm-hmm. That's what your 20s feel like from your 30s. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You're like, oh, I, yeah, I had Everything some fun, so but I'm awkward. so glad it's over. But yeah. seriously, I think with applying this logic to the next, like, the following decades of our lives, by then you're just like, who fucking cares? Yeah. You know? I don't give a rip about <laughs> any of those fucking matters. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and then, so the older you get, the more you start to understand, like, man, I really, I really identify with, like, that, that phrase, if I had only known then what I know now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes so much more sense the older you get. But uh, anyway, listen, Emily, your drink. Um, should you choose to accept it? Should you choose to accept it uh, is uh, rather appropriately named the Transformation Cocktail. Um, it's two ounces of light rum, an ounce of orange juice, two ounces of blackberry brandy, two ounces mm. of strawberry puree, uh, and one cup of ice. You're going to pour all ingredients into a blender. Uh, maybe throw in your sense of self-worth. Uh, blend, <laughs> blend until the drink has reached a smoothie-like consistency. Pour into a large glass and serve. Wow. Uh, it's a pretty-looking drink, I'll tell you that. That sounds great. A pretty-looking mm-hmm. drink for a pretty-looking lady. Absolutely. Well, we're, fil- we're, we're filming this. We're, we're taping this. Not even taping it. We're just recording it yeah. digitally <laughs> onto a hard drive. Uh, <laughs> we're taping this the day before Halloween. So we'll, we'll try and dispatch this to, uh, to Emily. Uh, yeah just in time and yes. um, it is mischief night and emily since in all sincerity the older you get as a lady i mean i'm sure at some point it starts to suck like menopause but we're before that um it is more fun to do pretty much everything amen and roll amen um you know as much as i can say amen from uh, you're very religious n- no no constantly injecting christianity 40 year old male this is a uh, another late motif in our show is uh our, uh, our our deep and devout religiosity. You're even talk about it. I try. I try. Well, see, tell. I try not to talk about it, but every so often, when someone says something that the Lord would approve of, I must say <laughs> Amen. Well, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that like Jews all need to return to Israel so that mm. the you know apocalypse can happen and, right. and the Christians can go to heaven and we can the others the, the hey, others can be left behind. Sarah, you know? all I have yeah. to say is Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should start breeding bulls so that we have a red cow or whatever. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. Horsemen, apocalypse in it, whatevs, I don't know. Apocalypse. <laughs> Pocking yeah. it up. Pocket, let's pock it out. <laughs> 
Sarah Benincasa, it has been nothing short of a Absolute delight pleasure. to have you on the pleasure. show. It's been very fun. Thank you, you uh, guys. Thank how, you how, do people, how do people find you on Twitter? How do people get their hands on the book? Okay, so DC Trip um, can be ordered anywhere fine books are sold, or shitty books, too. There's a lot of <laughs> shitty books out there. This isn't one of them. Um, you can go to readdctrip.com, and you'll get links straight to the site on you know, sites for Barnes & Noble and for IndieBound and for Amazon and all that shit. Just yeah. go to your fucking local indie and be like, hey, man, there's this cool book. And they're like, what? And be like, it's DC Trip. And they'll be they'll like, like what? are you sure what's the author? They'll be like, oh, I don't know. We don't have it. And they'll be like, oh, cool. We'll order it for you if they don't have it. Yeah. And uh, I'm at Sarah J. Benincasa. That is S-A-R-A-J-B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A. And uh, please tweet at me because I'm going to be um, embarking on my next, you know, writing project. Right, I've already embarked on it, and um, that can be very lonely. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, you need some distraction. I need some life. distraction. I need some entertainment. I need to, some excuses for missing my deadlines. I, I was going to say, are you one of those people that are so focused that you 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 are actively seeking distraction? I mean, it doesn't just happen. Um. <laughs> I well, you know, I don't have kids, um, so I don't have this like I don't have anything beyond my beautiful dog Morley Safer, also named after Canadian Canadian broadcaster. What you named? Um, you named it Morley Safer? Oh, yeah, I mean, she's a girl. A Her name is Morley Safer. Oh, she looks sure, like sure. she looks like Morley Safer. <laughs> so uh, good. That is amazing. Yeah, he's fantastic. He enraged LBJ with early reporting in Vietnam. Anyway, here's the deal. Um, I I do I you know I. I don't have a thing, a creature, a, a human that I need to take care of beyond right. Morley Saber who's pretty chill. So um, I don't have those. Uh, you know, I'm a very selfish, narcissistic person as a result. And uh, hence, you know, I get lonely and I need some loving care on such places as Twitter or maybe Instagram at Sarah J. Ben and Casa. Yeah. And help drown out the shitty eggs that want to want to say bad things. Oh, Twitter. yeah. You know? oh, those douchebags. Blocking it out mm -hmm, all the time. Mm -hmm. Act. Uh, yeah, so let's all hang out on the interwebs in a fun, consensually exciting way. Yeah, enthusiastic consent. Um, Chris, if you don't go to a doctor, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> all right, I'm going to keep you posted. Okay, please do. Thank I you. Will. Um, well, while he's on his way to the doctor, you can follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisBChicken. Uh, <laughs> my first doctor was Tom Baker. And uh, you can follow Ben at Benjamin R A H R. You can follow our show at Drink About It. You can also follow us on Instagram at Let's Drink About It. We're on Facebook. Give us a thumb up. Uh, please go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Our uh, our contest uh, did not succeed in getting us to 100 reviews. Bummer, we dudes. Got, we got very close. Bummer. Um, we'd appreciate uh, all the help we can get. Um, and we should thank Paul Watling and Graham Walsh for the art and the music. Thanks, and fellas. with that... I should say thank you to Sarah Benincasa for being oh, our Sarah. lovely, talented guest. Thank you for having me here. This is delightful, you guys. And we thank will be so back much. at you next week with more life events and more drinks that go perfectly with them. Later, potato. Don't choke on your rum and coke. Uh, you know, before yeah. I go to the doctor, I have to go. I'm actually, we're going to a cottage uh, in a couple hours, and uh, I'm Canadians really, I'm going to, to jump cottage. in a lake. I'm going, <laughs> I just, I'm going to jump in a freezing cold lake because I yeah, just. Yeah, jumping in a lake will probably uh, cure, yeah. cure what ails you. Maybe do like a cold plunge and then take like a hot bath. Oh, yeah, like that, shock the system. Yeah, that could be a cool, like do it just for the hell well, of it. That's what a Reiki person's going to tell and you. And then when that doesn't work, go to the doctor. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right.